When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. (laughs) I am your very uncoordinated host, and who, sir, with a delightful uh, uh, background are you? Uh, I'm your producer, Matt Duncan, and I know now that you're in your head about saying that because I stretch your head like taffy every time. I don't know why. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, for those who watch on video, Matt's been morphing my face uh, more and more each episode. Uh, I'm I'm losing my sense of self. Uh, it's it's a vanilla sky scenario. Um, I'll be okay. We're all gonna be okay. Um, it's okay. Uh, Matt's the greatest. Um, I always uh, clown on him. And if you want to join me, uh, ask him why he hasn't watched uh, NBA Jam yet. Um, Space Jam. Uh, yes. know the title oh, yeah. of it yeah i messed up my own thing so <laughs> you know what i'm batting zero uh let's uh let's jump right into this baby um before i begin i'm really happy to be saying this i actually didn't say uh free britney griner last week um but uh i don't know maybe that was an accidental uh yeah amazing cool foreshadowing thing it wasn't i didn't know um Brittany Griner is uh, has been released from her unlawful detainment in Russia. Uh, me and my friend Catherine Niker, we do uh, um, uh, our WNBA podcast, The Pickup. Uh, we covered that uh, in our most recent episode. Uh, it was, yeah, we were both elated. Obviously, there's so much more to come in that story, but um, 293 days. Uh, it's uh, it's this part of, uh, of Brittany Griner's uh, journey is over, thankfully. Um, so yeah, I won't yeah. be saying that on the podcast anymore. I won't be saying free Brittany Griner because she is, she has been freed, which but you, is, uh, inc- you will be Sorry. saying, uh, feed Brittany Griner Turkey. Cause she's home for the holidays folks. Okay. Wow. That was quick. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Matt's like, listen, I morphed your head last week. I got a new thing already. Um, you're amazing. I, I don't deserve you. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's bring on guest number one. Um, yeah, she's been doing this podcast for a long time. Uh, anyone in the Raptors world knows her. Uh, I mean, I feel like at this point, most people in the basketball world in general know her. She's incredible. Um, we know basketball uh, feelings. Uh, uh, I, I forget, oh, my God, I'm forgetting um, the name of uh, her. I think it's called Vacation Watch. Um, yeah, she's uh, done stuff for Dime, for Slam. 
for Raptors, Raptors Republic, obviously, Yahoo. She's amazing. Uh, we're so lucky to have her every time she's on the show. Please give it up as loud as you can, even if you're home alone, for Katie Heindel. <laughs> Very close, though. Yeah, you see me? I froze, you know? But you know what, Freddie? There have been um, installments not at summer vacation. We've done some all-star break watch at this point, so. Okay. There you go. I'm dropping the ball a bit, you know? No, totally. Uh, What can you do here when your head is getting misshapen? Yeah, Out of your own power. It would throw me off, too. I had vacation thoughts in my head, and I'm like, that's not it. I mean, I always have vacation thoughts. Right? Um, (laughs) That's where it starts. Um, but, uh, yeah, thanks for, for doing this pod. It should be a fun one. A lot going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, let's bring on guest number two, uh, has also done this podcast a bunch of times. Uh, we've known each other, uh, for a long time now. Uh, we've done comedy together. We will be doing, uh, a friend of the show, Matt McCready's, uh, biggest improv festival together, uh, runs the podcast book at Vince. Uh, is also um, a big part of uh, Bits and Bytes uh, on the Sonar Network uh, and Ming's Dynasty on uh, CBC. Just a, a hilarious dude with uh, a Second City as well. Please give it up as loud as you can, even if you're home alone, for Anthony Hall. Oh, yeah. Look who's back, baby. A happy holiday to all deck the halls. But this NBA season, we have been missing some LaMelo and Lonzo Ball. That's right. Yes. <laughs> um, you are a big fan uh, of the Ball family. Mm-hmm. So this must mm-hmm. be a hard year, hard year for you. I'm so sorry. Yes. Well, you know, you can't always have a perfect season with uh Beautiful ball action, beautiful ball playing. Uh, we're thinking Lamelo's probably going to be back in the next week or two. Who knows how Lonzo's doing? Maybe I'll send him a holiday card. Get well soon. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Leangelo, um, another crack somewhere. You know, you never know. Uh, it's not looking good. He's getting like 15 minutes a game, I think, uh, for the Swarm. And he is averaging like four points. So okay. it's not looking good yeah, for old so- Leangelo. You know, uh, I'm so optimistic for the family. Um, <laughs> Don't they have another ch- child in the pipeline? I feel like they do. Is there? Is there another? Is there, is there fourth? Another? I don't know. I, I'm I'm not uh, <laughs> presently aware of another uh, ball brother existing Damn. because I I claim to be the uh, the forgotten ball, Anthony Hall Ball. Um, <laughs> It's you know. just your full name, then Ball. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, I've just adopted myself into their family. So, uh, you know, uh, if well, there's somebody who is coming to replace me, I, I need to be aware of that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll check into it um, as a, as I'm a cousin, Freddie Revis Ball. Oh, good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's talk some Raptors ball. Um, yeah, we'll see we'll see where this goes. Should be an interesting one. It's been a wild week. Uh, Maddie, good sir, please give me your your best. Uh, I know it's all Weird Al stuff now, so give me your best Raptors Weird Al sting. Hashtag we the North. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. You know, I'm like waiting for something else. Hey, everybody, stop panicking and just trust in Maasai. Oh, there it is. There it is. (laughs) Trust in Maasai. Um, Yeah, we all pronounce Maasai Maasai. Maasai. Yeah, Maasai effect. Um, Okay. Uh, Trust in Maasai. Thank you, Maddie D. 
Um, let's go to you first, uh, Anthony. Um, and you know, uh, you're saying before the podcast, you, uh, you might not be very optimistic. That's okay. Um, you know, things can't always be glossed over, but, uh, I'm, I'm terming this, this part of the season right now, panic season, uh, sort of thinking, you know, maybe this is, uh, maybe this is kind of like, uh, when we were 12 and 13 in the, in the Tampa year, uh, or maybe it's sort of like when we were uh, a couple, a couple gay, I think we we're maybe 14 and 17, something like that, uh, last year around this time and things turned around. Uh, I'm, I'm tasking you right now with, uh, giving, giving the fans of the Raptors, uh, um, something to look forward to some optimism oh. or, or not. <laughs> oh, it's looking, it's looking rough, Freddie. It's looking a little bit rough. Is that a little tickle in my throat? Hope it's not COVID, but it might be Wembenyama-itis is what okay. I'm feeling right now. Uh, do we just uh, sell some pieces, do that whole ass rebuild and uh, tank for Wembenyama? I don't know. That's not my personal uh, best case scenario idea but let's see optimism you stay yeah let's let's say the the shots are gonna fall let's let's say that um gary's kind of heating up maybe we'll get auto porter jr back that means we'll make some more threes everybody's gonna get some fries from mcdonald's after raptors home games but i don't know how how else do i make the raptor nation feel better do we trade for Jakob purtle do we get a little yak and spice? Is that what uh, brings us holiday cheer? Or do we give the young boys a chance and let Fred Van Vliet maybe like have a little break? Don't play him for the entire second half like we saw in the Orlando Magic game the other day. I don't know. Do you have uh, optimism that is uh, better than that? <laughs> I mean, I, I have some, but let me let me just ask you this. What's your... Uh, what's your gut telling you, Anthony? What, like, are you, you know, do you, I know the, yeah, there's a, it seems like there's, there's a lot on the table right now. What, uh, you know, things can change fast, right. Or maybe they can get, they can get worse. Who knows? Um, what, what are you, what's your, yeah. Like, you know, uh, what's your, um, true North star saying that that's not a saying, <laughs> but you know, what, what's your actual, if you look inside yourself, what do you actually feel like, you know, just kind of zone out for a second you know what i mean like what what are you feeling if i if i look into the heart of hearts yes my my true fan mindset uh and actually believing in this team and believing in vision six nine i think we are gonna get through it however i do think we need to seek either some help at the guard position or mm-hmm. trade for a traditional center. And if we don't do that, then it's not looking good. It's not. Okay. Looking good. Yeah. I, I think that's pretty fair. I think there's a lot of noise right now. Um, that's sort of where I am. Uh, I usually try and, you know, see the long view, stay the course sort of thing. Uh, and I, you know, I don't think panicking is sort of um, helpful. And, you know, we know Masai, Bobby, Nurse, they generally don't do that, whether it's, uh, you know, during the Tampa year, people wanting to trade Lowry for whatever um, and them not doing that. Like, we know this franchise doesn't really, you know, especially when they don't have leverage, they generally don't like to operate from uh, like a, a, 
a position where they feel desperate. So I mm-hmm. think we can feel confident there, but um, yeah, dude, is it just a matter of gelling and getting healthy? I, I, I'm not sure. Um, Katie, where, where are you at? What's a, what's the kind of like optimistic, something optimistic you can give to the fans uh, if, if there is anything. And of course, you know, if there's not, there's not. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of firmly of the mind that this is an anomaly phase. Like, everybody's been everybody's there have been so many injuries like scattershot mm-hmm. throughout the roster since the beginning of the season everybody's been very sick like as somebody who's been around the team and just like has what like for like fred's better now but like fred was pretty sick twice in a row and like definitely yeah. looked like he lost weight like looked pretty haggard like didn't look well so that's going to take a toll the injuries are going to take a toll you've got mm-hmm. like a bit of personnel figuring out like I don't know. I think like roles have changed pretty deeply since last season. Expectations of, of who should have which role have changed pretty deeply. So yeah. you have all these kinds of things that it, that would be a lot for one team at the beginning of the season. And the Raptors have had those now threefold. So I don't know. My measure of faith is also like two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, they were playing pretty well. <laughs> like, I yeah. don't, like I was at the Dallas game they did pretty well against the Mavs, you know, like there's, there's like, mm-hmm. I think there's more um, reasons to be hopeful because all the reasons that to me seem like people are panicking um, aren't like very existential. They're, you know, they're pretty solidly, um, I don't know, scientific if you want to talk about mm-hmm. people being ill or injured, but like they're very solid reasons as to why I think I would be more deeply concerned if these were existential reasons, you know, if it did seem like there was a real disconnect within the roster. I mean, we're like, I was going to save this till later, but I will say like, cause this is pertains to a later segment, but you know, there are contract questions up in the air too, that kind yeah. of stuff can always, you know, even with a pretty tightly knit group with good chemistry, that's going to be like hanging above certain people's heads, you know, like weighing sure. on certain people in terms of like how they're trying to show out right now because what they want to get paid, you know, yeah. there's a lot on the go. And uh, I would say too, that, you know, you're the, the, the people that you're relying on still haven't been with the team that long. Like Gary's out now, but like Gary Trent Jr. Precious Achua also out Scotty Barnes, like, it's his second year. Yeah, you've got your core, like, but I think they're playing pretty well. Fred can't do everything, but he's looked phenomenal. Pascal's looked phenomenal. OG's like defensive player of the year candidacy, I think, is pretty much like assured. Like to be in the running. I won't say yeah. like he's gonna get it, but like to be in the running, you know, I think like that's pretty well in hand. And I don't know, like if anything, my criticism kind of falls on Nick Nurse at this point. Mm-hmm. I think there have been some points when he could have really gotten behind players and didn't really seem to be doing that or didn't necessarily have a plan for when you're kind of the roles would get look a little bit strained and, you know, people would yeah. want more minutes or want more responsibilities, but like maybe they weren't really up for it. You know, there've been a lot of questions like that around Gary Trent Jr. Um, and I think if anything, I'd put some of the blame on him, but like Freddie, you're right. Like this isn't a franchise that panics. I think, um, if anything, also there might be a disconnect of expectation versus reality going into this season. Uh, last season we knew it's kind of like, okay, it's a retool recalibration season. We said it a lot. Yeah. That made sense. There wasn't really a set goal for this season going into this season. It's it, some people seem to think it's like championship or bust. You know, me, I'm kind of firmly of the mind, like get to the second round. Mm-hmm. 
have like a deep second round run, maybe, maybe not even a second round exit. Like that to me feels like still very much attainable. And the last thing I'll say is you look, I mean, you look at the broader NBA standings, it's just like a mess in terms of like who's where and the reasoning behind it. But if you look specifically in the East from five through nine, the records are almost identical, you know, and like the Raptors have fallen to like have had some a pretty rough stretch of games. I'm not trying to like let them off the hook for that. Yeah. When you look at like where the teams sit, yeah, five through nine, what their kind of win loss records are, they're almost the same. They're off by like one or maybe two. And like that's a huge field, right? Of teams also like in a struggle. Some to go back to what I said earlier, more of like an existential struggle than I think what the Raptors are facing. So I don't really I get the panic because it's, I guess, fun to panic sometimes, <laughs> but like as someone who's maybe a bit more like close to the team, but like arm's length in terms of my concern, I don't feel like it's panic time just yet. It's also December. We're yeah. not even a quarter of the way through the season yet. Um, How was so that? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's that's great. So, no, really, though. I, I think it's like uh, I feel like. Um, you were like drawing a cold bath and going to throw me in, but I just like, jumped in anyways. You know what I mean? I was like, I need this. I just did a cold plunge. Um, yeah. How does your but, thyroid uh, feel? Good. Reset. Yeah. It feels reset. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, but you know, I, I want to, a couple things. So I want to go to, to expectations. And I think mm. that uh, I'm a good example of having potentially not, I mean, you know, I'd say likely at this point outsized expectations. So, I was thinking Raptors third in the East. And, um, you know, I thought this team was going to be like a, I I thought they would still struggle in the playoffs, but I felt like we had built sort of like a regular season juggernaut Mm -hmm. um, that could deal with injury, not injuries to this degree. Um, But I sort of, I really was believing in, I guess like this, this idea, like the vision six, nine, but also sort of that we were that Messiah is, you know, and Bobby are building up this, like this, all these assets to like potentially consolidate, et cetera. Um, So I think expectations is a big part of it. I think, you know, having a good time panicking and living in the now losing twice to Orlando who, you know, um, you know, I know it's like so bad we're losing to Orlando, but a little bit of credit to Orlando, who's on a three-game winning streak and, and finding a bit of their own groove. Um, and I've said a million times uh, that I do think we're, we're living in the area, the era of parody, where a lot of teams, the, you know, the good teams aren't as good as we think they are, and the bad teams aren't as bad as we think they are. So there's this kind of big squish in the middle. And then, you know, I also really like your point about kind of like a – like. Uh, thinking about this as a, as a crisis and not an existential one. So I'm sure a lot of people, you know, would disagree with me on this, but um, when it comes to Fred, right. So I think Pascal OG are, are having remarkable years, right. Um, Scotty sophomore slump, something like that. Maybe he's playing through injury. Maybe, you know, he's struggling with the point guard duties, you know, whatever. I think it's expected. Fred, I think, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, people like to scapegoat. That's mm-hmm. a big thing, right? But um, I feel like Fred's often talked about from a percentage uh, standpoint. And like, yeah, he's got to bring it. He's got to shoot better. But I also feel like, uh, you know, to your point, he he was really sick. I don't think he's played well after coming back from 
I, I guess a respiratory virus, like something pretty serious. Um, and I, I feel like even that last game against Orlando, he, we were seeing how much fight Fred has mm-hmm. and, as someone that, you know, I guess, you know, maybe I, the, the, the championship is, is still too fresh in my mind, although I feel like that's fine. But I feel like he's he's proven himself to the point of deserving more patience than he's getting. Um, and, you know, when it comes to his field goal percentage, and his three point percentage, I think, yeah, like, you know, there's a lot going on. There's role definition stuff. Uh, anyways, I, I feel like I'm I'm now ranting, but um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Is there anything you want, you want to add Katie? No, I mean, like, again, I think all of this stuff is when you clarify some of these things. So when you've got like auto coming back, when you have precious coming back, um, you know, if I do think Scotty's playing a bit hurt. So if something like that clarifies, like the team immediately looks a lot different. Um, I think it to me, like a good benchmark is always like in terms of expectations, I don't want to get into historic history. Like Raptors always seem to lose to very bad teams, but like, that's not, it's not good. But I think in terms of expectations for this year to win against good teams, you know, and like, you know, you'll, you'll get handed a few losses, but like, again, I'm going back to that Mavs game felt pretty good. Like winning against Cleveland, which I think is a very equal and like pretty telling matchup uh, for the Raptors, especially like where both iterations of like Toronto and Cleveland are right now in terms of their just like team sort of DNA and makeup. Um, like to me, a lot of this feels like you shake it out, you get a few good games under your belt, you've got some momentum going. Things just feel a lot different immediately. And like feeling that you go into the new year and you kind of treat it as like a bit of a clean slate, right? But to me, like if you you sort of get some of these bigger problems, like tangential problems in hand, a lot of this doesn't look the same anymore. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I think that's sort of where, you know, uh, folks can draw some, some optimism right now. And I'll I also just think that people who are prone to panic, sorry, Freddie, are just going to do that no matter what, (laughs) you know, like there's always a reason to hate on, like, I don't know how you can hate on Fred, but like, there's, even if he has like the most productive game of his career, there's still like, people would still think he didn't do something right. Like he is a scapegoat in that sense. People still think that of Pascal and OG. The expectations for Scotty, it's like it's tough for him to have regular expectations because he he like outdid any expectation of a rookie yeah. last season. Like a lot of this stuff is just I think framed from where you're looking at it. And I, I guess I've I've tried to get better at like you really can't make uh, most people happy with this stuff. <laughs> It's true. And I feel like, you know, I'm, uh, I have been spending, uh, I'm guilty of spending a lot of time on Twitter recently. So <laughs> sort of adds to it, but, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I like, I've had a lot of conversations and, and shout out to Catherine Niker. We who gave me a bit of a pep talk today. Um, uh, I was talking with my brother Miguel too. And, you know, after the game, he's, he called me, he's like, you, you know, you got to talk me off the ledge. Uh, and I was like, I'm on the ledge too. So it's like, I feel like we're both, we're both there, but, um, yeah, two last things, and then I'm going to go back to you, Anthony, just uh, before we move on here, just if you want to add anything. But uh, I think with, with, with Nurse is sort of where I, ha- I do, you know, I've, I've said it before on the podcast like a bunch of times in a bunch of different ways, but I do have some existential issues where, you know, you know, it's not just the minutes. It's, 
it's the minutes and it's sometimes the attitude towards, I guess, like for lack of a better word, like the more tertiary players. You know, I, I really first noticed it in his, his COY season when he went, he went so hard at Stanley Johnson and Rondé Hollis Jefferson mm-hmm. in a way that I felt like was a little bit, I don't know, for lack of a better word, uncalled for. Uh, and, and again, you know, he's obviously, uh, I, I always say this on the podcast, but the, the qualifier is that he's, he's obviously a brilliant coach and developer and, you know, uh, basketball mind. And, you know, I'm just running a podcast, but it's, it's sort of like just uh, as an outsider, I wonder how much, like what the, what's productive and what's not. Um, and then, I guess I, I got some optimism right before I, I started the pod because I watched Nurse's uh, and Pascal's um, interviews today. And they were both so optimistic. And so, like, it's okay. Everybody calm down. And Nurse was like, yeah, it's a, it's a rough stretch, but I believe in this team. We're good. Um, so I wonder if, you know, uh, it's sort of like maybe the lever like of like, like, you know, the defensive pressure and then the minutes and the like, you know, I guess the calling out Gary and precious. I wonder if that went too far in one direction, but you know, nurse and the brass, everyone, you know, they're, they're smarter than we are. And, you know, they're, they're going to reel it back in a way that's positive. Um, yeah, uh, we went in a bunch of different directions here, but yeah, Anthony, I feel like, uh, I want to g- give you, uh, I want to give you the floor again, just to, yeah, what what do you think about what what are, are we are we too confident? Are we too optimistic? You know, do you want to speak to fans who are scared right now and be like, "Hey, oh yeah, let me uh, let me uh, speak to uh, the panic crowd, the panic posse." Um, this holiday season, I want to know how some of our boys could get off of Nick Nurse's naughty list, Malachi. <laughs> How do we how do we get him some minutes? How do we get old Nick to uh, gift my boy Malachi with some pick and roll sets to let him shoot? Let him have the potential to be uh, summer run Malachi to impress his dad. Where what does he have to do to uh, to get some minutes here? And like I just really want to know why we're not letting our young guys get out there in games where it's not looking good and just fail just falter just get that experience mm-hmm. i'd rather have delano play poorly than to watch fred struggle out there and you know hoist his tired body around in slang shots and like it's just not a it's not a nice thing to watch and the raptors have obviously had some problems in the most recent couple of games with generating any offense and in that magic game and where Fred was playing all the second half, he became the number one option for a lot of plays. And it was just like, nah, let's, let's try to inject some youth into this lineup and see what can happen. And I think if some of our guys can get off of Nick's naughty list, I think we'll see a lot of positive improvement on the offense and it will actually see what we've got in guys like Malachi and Delano and Coloco even. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that um, I'd like to, yeah, see, you know, as you said, some some people kind of like uh, give, give, be given the opportunity to fail a bit more. Um, but, 
Yeah, we'll see. This this Kings game should be interesting. OG's out for a week, right? So that's, yep. you know, it's yet another kind of like blow to the health, but potentially an opportunity for for other guys. But, um, okay, let's, let's transition a bit here. Um, not too much, though, because, uh, again, I, I'm not saying we are the Celtics um, and that we are going to have a trade and we are ready to, you know, make it to the finals. You know, I'm not saying... Pascal is Tatum and whatever OG is Brown or Fred is Brown, et cetera. Uh, but I do think, you know, to Katie's point earlier, two and a half weeks ago, we were, yeah, you know, we were playing better than we are now and, and things can really change. But um, yeah, I do feel like f- in some way, whether it's Malachi or, or, or Banton or Doughton or, or a veteran we bring in, I do think that um, we could, we, we need some, some guard support. Um, some people think we need a center. Uh, so I, I kind of want to open this up, uh, to both of you, um, and, and ask like, yeah, is there a Derek white trade for, for this edition of the Raptors? M- maybe your answer is no, uh, just, we're just going to stick it out. Trust the guys we have. Um, I have a couple options. Uh, some of them are popular names that have been floated around, but I want to go to you. I want to go to you first, Katie. Uh, yeah, is there a Derek White style trade for this this Raptors team? Like, is there a, you know kind of a veteran we could bring in to to help out? Um, I don't think so. Just because at this point, like you're you try you'd be plugging holes essentially, and I don't really mm-hmm. think the Raptors are in a position to make a trade like that when they've got so many contracts potentially coming up that they can't really afford to pay everyone the max on anyway. Like there's going to have to be some decisions made. Right. Um, I could see somebody coming in at the deadline, but I also don't think they would be so hasty to make a decision now. Like those deadline moves have traditionally filled some pretty glaring needs and also Mm -hmm. almost like future casted in really positive ways, you know, like I think right. obviously like the Marcus all trade um, that didn't necessarily make them clearest sense to me at the time. And then it made a whole lot of sense in the championship run. So I think, I, I don't think there's like anyone really out there. Like I've seen Jakob, uh, Jakob's name, like O'Shea Brissett's name, even Freddie, you mm-hmm. floated that I think I saw before we started recording. Like, I don't think, in some ways, the team has outgrown them. I also don't think, like, Portal really gives you... Like, I'll just speak on him because I have seen his name floated around a lot. Yeah. I don't really think he gives you that much. Like, I don't know that he, like, necessarily fits with the roster anymore. Um, and, yeah, I just, like... I'm very hesitant on trades because, again, I don't really think the problem is so much, like, the makeup of the team. It's just, mm-hmm. like, who's available, like if you're looking at a team where you only have like a five deep bench, like that's just the bench. Like that's what it was like a, like a week ago. Right. Like you don't have a lot of rotational options. So of course things look really shorthanded and lopsided. I would also say on the center question that keeps getting brought up, like I think it's pretty clear if they're committing to vision six, nine, you can't go out and get a traditional center. Because you're basically just like, well, we tried it. But at this point, like, they haven't really tried it long enough to know or if it's a fail or not. And also then because it's like you've got all these other guys that are like 6'9", and you bring in someone that's like slightly bigger, 
maybe more traditional. I think also this team has outgrown the need for like a Marcus All style center, though I miss mm-hmm. him dearly every day. <laughs> Mostly just seeing <laughs> him yeah. and watching him play basketball regularly. But that's like neither here nor there. Um, the thing I was uh, that I mentioned in the first segment that makes me think of this, especially because of the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Last season, the Celtics, um, there were a lot of like contract questions. They were, if you'll remember, like they didn't look so good at the beginning and the middle of the season. It kind of, mm-hmm. they kind of looked like in a bit of a metaphysical slump. <laughs> oh yeah. no, existential slump. <laughs> I don't want to get mixed up. <laughs> um, and I think that's because a lot of stuff gets clear, clarified in contracts and salary concerns. And when you have that hanging over a team's head, especially with their star players, mm-hmm. it really adds to some weight. And I think now when you look at the Celtics, like first in the league, the way that they're playing, it's like such a completely self, like they know themselves to such a degree that team just kind of works on a string. Even somebody like Derek White, he's like not an anomaly, like he fits really perfectly. And you look at the coaching upheaval they've had this season, yet still they've been able to play mm-hmm. through it. Um, I think that really just speaks to everybody kind of like knowing where they stand and, and knowing what their future is with the team. The Raptors are kind of in a mirror place to where the Celtics were, at least on the contract stuff last season. And I think that's, as I said before, like adding to some stuff. I know they're also two totally different teams. So it's not like, oh, the Raptors yeah, will do stuff yeah, up and they'll true. be the Celtics next season. But how many seasons did we see the Celtics kind of struggle as a middling mid-exit playoff team before they got this way, right? And they are, they're playing with this kind of like, yeah, like real, real self-belief and like very quiet about it was like something I noticed just pre-game during warm-ups when they were in Toronto. But all that said, no, I don't think there's like a Derek White-shaped unicorn out there for the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, very, very fair. And I think, you know, uh, two, two things I'll, I'll kind of just comment on that I really – uh, appreciate one is is the forward thinking thing, right? So, you know, we've seen uh, as far as like trade deadline stuff, we've seen Norm for Gary, right? Which is sort of like a forward thinking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen, uh, uh, you know, us bring in PJ Tucker. <clears throat> Obviously, the big I, I feel like what kicked off the championship sort of like going all in run was the Terrence Ross for Serge Ibaka trade, mm-hmm. uh, which is really forward thinking. So yeah, it wasn't really. It wasn't really brought in, although I guess you could say the same for Derek White. Like, I don't think Derek White was brought in to just be there for a season. Like, I feel like the Celtics really decided that they needed another ball handler that they trust. And, you know, it wasn't, obviously it wasn't Kemba, wasn't Schroeder, and it was Derek White. Now they, you know, they've, they've kind of like won up that too by getting Brogdon. Um, and, and to your point about the kind of the self-belief and the, and the confidence, uh, I remember also early in that season that Marcus Smart called out the rest of the team for ball movement. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was a really positive response to that. So that's pretty internal. Um, so I think there are internal fixes with this team that aren't, yeah, a Yaka Pirtle or um, uh, I'm, I'm going to suggest a couple of players as well, but uh, I don't want to take it away from Anthony just in case he's got, got some people, but um yeah, I, I think there's a lot of ways up for this team. Uh, I know that's kind of going back to the optimism thing. Um, but yeah, Anthony, do you think there's like a, a Derek White type or or, or not? Uh, or uh, if it's Jakob Pertl, that's that's okay. You can make a case for Pertl as well, you know? 
I think if I am going to be uh, a spoiled brat and <laughs> wish for Santa to bring me a gift that is I'm loving you. What- you're, you're going back to the <laughs> same hard, man. You're like, it's the hot I was a reindeer. Let me tell <laughs> yeah. you, bro. Oh, yeah. If Rudolph is uh, guiding this team <laughs> yeah. to the destination where we need to be, uh, I think, uh, I mean, Miles Turner is obviously a guy who <laughs> would fit. Right. Like that's a ridiculous yeah. thing that uh, every Raptors fan would be like, oh, yeah, man, Miles Turner would be so great. He can shoot three and he can actually, you know, match up against the traditional centers that, you know, bang us up when we're rolling small ball lineups. But like aside from that, like, is there anybody realistically we can get? Probably no. Do we move Gary to golden state and try to get like a Kaminga back. Oh my God. Would that be amazing? Yeah, of course you would have a guy who can, you know, go get a bucket and is aggressive on offense. Is that what the Raptors need? Like just to have somebody who can score, put up shots. I don't know. Maybe it would be probably nicer to see Kaminga try to get buckets than to uh, watch Gary do like a pull up jumper and like brick it. Like, I don't know, maybe. But these are all just like wishful thinking, panicky sort of moves that, you know, being chronically on the Internet and on Twitter has put in my brain. But is it a real long term fix? No. But would it be fun? Hell yeah. Sure. That's a good Um, point. The fun thing always like escapes me because I'm like, no, longevity, (laughs) (laughs) like sustainable development. But like (laughs) it should also be fun. Um, Yeah. And if Miles Turner was in any universe possible, of course. Yeah. I mean, I think if if I mean, at least like the Toronto Lego community would be going wild pretty quick if Turner was coming in. (laughs) Oh, Um, Yeah. And the fashion uh, guys too. All, oh, all yeah. the dudes oh. would be pulling up to the Raptors game in all their best Johns to try to impress Miles Turner and his uh, legendary style. Yeah, um, I'll second that as a <laughs> non-stylish person. Um, but, uh, I, um, I, by the way, I know I identify as having bad fashion. I think it's okay, um, but I can, I can, I can do better as well. Um, <laughs> just this, this is a personal jab at myself um but i will say uh i do think that there is an opportunity to maybe do both um i i know that like i think like the vision six nine thing isn't you know i, I think there's a lot of parts to it that are kind of subjective and and you know, for instance, Gary and and Fred don't necessarily fit that right but you know Masai will talk about Fred as having like a six nine heart um <laughs> And I, I think that this team, I think the pressure put on the shooters in this team are, is so massive. And I feel like you could have someone potentially bridge that gap. Uh, so names, I feel like that maybe are attainable, um, you know, depending on what the teams want to do, obviously, is, uh, um, you know, uh, Jordan Clarkson is a name uh, I've heard before. You know, he, I think, has proven that he can, you know, handle the ball and shoot the ball pretty well. Again, what the, what it takes to give him up, and if you want to do that, is a different question. Um, but uh, another guy too, you know, you've heard about him getting traded to the Lakers or the Bucks, and potentially the Raptors could swoop in. Is uh, is Jay Crowder? I think he's you know a veteran and he's a really good shooter. I'm not exactly sure what happened in Phoenix and like why he's not playing there, um, but I think he could potentially be like a veteran who comes in and 
eases the burden. Uh, I guess like for me, I would not want to trade our good shooters. Um, I would want to try and, uh, I guess, c- consolidate um, uh, on the wrap up. Uh, uh, Kyle Brickman and 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 or Orin uh, Weisfeld were sort of talking about this idea of like you know consolidation, and you know it's like I guess easier said than done. But I do think where do you go from this Raptor squad? You know, if you have a lot of players that you believe in and you're developing, um, even to make room in the future for more development pieces, like you do have to do some consolidation at some point. Um, And, you know, Katie, I don't want to, you know, speak for you or anything, but I do think you're kind of alluding to, you know, like Fred uh, as, you know, an unresolved contract. Gary has an unresolved contract. Uh, I think Siakam you know, has an unresolved contract, although I think it's pretty clear that he's heading towards the Supermax. Like, I'm, I don't know when the extension's possible, but I feel like when it is, it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, sort of like how that is all juggled, I think could maybe be addressed at this. Even if you're not like, okay, this is going to make us get to the conference finals this year. It could be like, yeah, but this is good. This is good for the future. You know what I mean? I think... Um, that's possible. I, you know, Buddy Heald is another person who I feel like doesn't really fit the Raptors defense, but it's also just such a good shooter and could help um, this team. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I thought of some names, you know? I'm um, so glad that you didn't uh, appease a friend of the podcast and uh, the controller of our fate in the world's biggest improv tournament, Matt McCready, and say Trey Murphy, because he would have just been so excited. He would have been blown up our fantasy group chat with, oh, Trey Murphy. Freddie agrees with me. He's so I, good. Blah, I think blah, Trey blah, Murphy's blah. great. Yeah, he's <laughs> He's fine, but he's not going to be the guy who's going to be fixing the woes of the present Raptors, you know? Uh, yeah. Hey, we're having fun here. Right. We're having a good time. Um, <laughs> well, and I feel like also, you know, just trying to get into Masai's head a little bit. I, I can't remember a time where I guess Crowder would be a, a scenario, but I feel like Masai generally finds a team that's that's desperate or struggling and trades mm. with them. So mm-hmm. I feel like if he called the Pelicans, they would be like, Hey, it's Mardi Gras over here. So yeah, like, we're doing we're great. Not, we're not trading anyone. <laughs> like everything's awesome. So yeah. Ingram's um, got a messed up toe and they're still like, the feel like the Pelicans people would be like, uh, things are really fun. So I don't know um, if we want to change anything, but uh uh, yeah, we, we, we've talked a lot of Raptor stuff. This is good though. Um, but let's, let's do some NBA and, and Maddie, I didn't tell you, but I do want you in on this question. I hope that's okay. Um, so I'll, I'll get you to come in and please give me your weirdest weird owl NBA sting. This is Adam Silver. Beautiful. <laughs> this is Adam Silver. Honk, honk. I was waiting for another one. Okay. Oh, (laughs) you had your hand up. Like, are you ready for this? (laughs) I assumed that I would be in on this segment. So I, I did slightly prepare, you know, some some ideas have come to mind. Yeah. Thank you. Um, All right. Well, uh, yeah, the NBA, I don't even know what this is. (laughs) They they named a bunch of awards after people. Um, some of them seem like really fitting. Others are a bit, uh, strange. Um, I guess some people are mad about them. This is definitely doesn't register too hard on like my 
I don't know, care meter. Um, I'm just going to uh, yeah. forget them all. Yeah, I'm going to no, forget, forget them all. <laughs> Although I think that, you know, they did ask or they did add uh, a Jerry West clutch award. Um, so that should be interesting. I think, you know, like a uh, clutch is, is often one of those things that's hard to define. But um, yeah, so I want us all to think of awards and name them after players. Um, Maddie D, uh, you know, yeah. obviously I'm starting with you. Right. <laughs> Right. Um, I didn't give you much prep time. It's okay. Whichever way you want to go with this. I know it's snowing in Newmarket and you're busting up the snowblower. So you might be busy, but hit me up. Yeah. Give, me a, give me an award. Give me a player. What's going on? Okay. So I've got a few different things on the go here. First, I, know, I feel like, yeah. <laughs> Okay. So I think I would like to see more team awards given out for like the team that has the most rebounds in the year and the most three pointers and stuff like that and name them after like current players that are still playing. So it's a little bit more of a rub on their face when their team doesn't win it. Like the three point (laughs) one could be the Steph Curry award. The assist one could be the Kyle Lowry award, you know, uh, like that way, the Serge Ibaka, whatever for rebounds. Like, so I'd like to see that. And, and I don't know what it is about awards, but it's more fun for me when they're like shaming awards. So (laughs) I I also, so like, I also want to reward like the team with the most turnovers and we'll call it like the Chuck A's like Butterfingers award. Wow. Um, okay. Also, I, li- I like the nod to Chuck Hayes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's been a while. Should be like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for thinking of me. Chuck Hayes still waiting for that uh, 2014 jersey I asked you for in your Facebook account. Still no response. <laughs> um, corporate partnership uh, opportunity with Butterfinger yeah. as well. So yeah. good looking. Yeah, there out. you go. There you go. See, we're brainstorming. I also would like a Titanic <laughs> award uh, for okay. for a team that started off looking like it was going to be smooth sailing, sure. but then they ended up just sinking their hopes. Yeah, uh, I think that'd be a fun one. And, mm. you know, because for those type of teams, I think it can be really tough. I would even maybe think that like a Charlotte or something this year thought a little bit more would be coming from them and not so much talk in the lottery so that they could maybe get the first titanic award i'm not sure if you guys have a better one but i you know and just to uh, just to humor it up a little bit i don't want everyone to, it's just a game we're all having fun here sure, okay yeah. don't take it too seriously yeah i'm pretty relaxed okay <laughs> money shmoney uh yeah so that's pretty much the, the type of way i'm going with the awards um, Do you picture the Butterfinger Award being like greased up? Oh, absolutely! It's dropped and it immediately breaks <laughs> mm-hmm. every like time you hand it to the. There, some it's like someone's some intern's job. It's like yeah. you better grease that. Yeah, up. grease up yeah. that Butterfinger Award. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's one intern's job to grease it up. <laughs> it's the other intern's job to have greasy hands and to carry it to the disgusting uh, to the recipient. Yeah, um, and it's really fragile. This is good. Um, beautiful maybe beautiful maybe porcelain um oh this is very great and i I thought uh maddie when you when when you threw a a chuck hayes i thought it was going to be like a funky free throw award um yeah that could uh, i mean there could be two we could have two chuck hayes awards you know i'm a big fan yeah yeah not enough chuck hayes in general um uh this is good this is good Uh, and also just because you're you're such a movie buff as soon as you brought up Titanic, I thought we were going to go into a whole Avatar 2, 3, 4 oh. bit. Um, but uh, you know what? We'll save the Avatar jokes for next time, I guess. Um, 
Uh, no spoilers. Uh, um, <laughs> no spoilers. Oh, hashtag the world is wet. Water is wet. Water is wet. Water is wet. Okay, let's go. Let's go to you. Uh, let's go to you, Anthony. Um, what is your award, and uh, who is it modeled after, or who's going to win it? Mm, this holiday season, I have to <laughs> often <laughs> remember to show. To show restraint uh, in certain moments when I'm interacting with family members and they make me upset. Something that makes me very, very upset is one of my favorite players, Lamelo Ball, being injured by <laughs> stepping on a fan's ankle. Sure. But God bless him for showing his restraint. And for that, I offer him the Ron Artest Fan Appreciation <laughs> Award. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so for know, a player that shows restraint okay, yes, cool. for a player who shows restraint and doesn't go into the stands and creates a uh, 30 for 30 and netflix worthy event that will be talked about uh for a uh, time and time again and ages to come uh lamello i miss you I miss you on my fantasy team mostly. Uh, and I'm glad that you didn't uh, kill a guy who uh, made you have another ankle injury. Oh, like two games after you came back. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty upsetting. Um, uh, maybe the Steve Bartman award. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, the the restraint, that's all. Uh, yeah, keep on keeping on. I say that about restraint. Yeah, I should call it the um, Meta World Peace Award for a peaceful uh, fan interaction. <laughs> I mean, I know I know my partner uh, uh, who's a therapist will, will appreciate that. She always loved that Meta World Peace uh, when he won the championship for the, for the Lakers. Thank this therapist first. Um, so it's a cool moment in NBA history there. But uh, that's growth, baby. It's, it's growth, growth, you know? Come on. That was amazing. Um, Katie, what is your award? Uh, what's what's the vibe? Who's it named after? Um, before I get to my award, I want to ex- expand on Maddie's, which was uh, I feel like Titanic could also be like one, two, three, Cancun. And oh, it's just tickets, oh. it's just like tickets to go on vacation. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Especially for, like, your bottomed out team instead of like, yeah. or it's like a part, it's like a two park, so you have to give them the sad trophy that actually makes them feel a lot worse. And you're like, now you have to go yeah. right to the airport. They're like, this trophy's yeah. really greased up, now you better get to the airport quick because you did get to a trip, yeah, because you're going on the Gronkowski that cruise. Not the, that one's not the greased one, the oh, yeah, no, oh, they're not all greased now. We're all lotioned up for our island vacation. I mean, I can see it happening. Like you mix up. Imagine you like grease up the someone greases up the defensive player of the year, whatever it's called now. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I think all the awards should be greased up. (laughs) Like uh, just not just our awards. For now on, any award. The Grease ring it. should be greased. Like the, the ring should be on ring night. That should just be pulled out of a, not hot grease or anything, but yeah. Like a deep fryer. <laughs> yeah, a cold, cold deep fryer. Just oh, everything wow. should be like, there should be a lot of cleanup on the floor. Anyways. Okay. Um, my real award though, my real award. Um, I think I'd like to do a pest award uh, for like oh, biggest yeah. pest because yes. um. That is something I have grown to love. Used mm-hmm. to hate it, grown to love. And I think in honor of that growth, I would name it the deli. 
Oh, the mm. deli. Okay, this is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it would be. Maybe it would just be a leg, a leg. Um, <laughs> like, what's the move when you kick somebody's feet out from under them? A slew foot. Yeah, with yeah, like a slew foot. Truth <laughs> of your your leg. If that could be, maybe it's like a wind up. So you pull it back, and it goes. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Whoever you give it to, you're just like, hold this greasy trophy. And then you <laughs> their legs. The deli. Yeah. The deli. Yeah. That, I mean, and naming anything after Matthew Delavadova, you're, this is the right pod for that. Um, uh, I think I like took my own dumb question too seriously. Um, but mine is, I guess it could be kind of the pest as well. But, the award. Uh, wait, was that? Sorry. You're like, I 3D printed the award. It's right here. <laughs> yeah, I, I 3D printed it and I greased up my own hair. <laughs> yeah. um, no, um, mine is uh, is the Dennis Rodman Award. Uh, and that is awarded um, to the, uh, it's, it's a hustle award. So the best uh, hustler uh, in the league. But that could also be like pest territory. Um, but um yeah, so mine's the Dennis Rodman Hustle <laughs> Award. Uh, I guess also that that like loops in a lot of what's going on because that could be the restraint as well as a pest. Um, yeah, we'll grease that award up too for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, I think we got sufficiently uh, silly here. Sufficiently um, greased. Yeah, we got greased up. Um, <laughs> we got you know we're 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 wrestlers. We we. <laughs> Do wrestlers say that? Um, uh, y'all greased up? Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, let's wrestle. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, I'm getting uh, um, uh Let's uh, let's go to you, Anthony. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm curious if we're all yeah, if, like where we're the angles we're going to take here, but just just quickly, uh, yeah, who who is the most exciting team in the NBA for you? Oh, um, hmm. This is a, a very good question because for me, um, I'm always going to revert to fun when it comes to watching these teams because yeah. if they're not the Raptors, I am not invested in their success. I don't sure. really care if they win or lose. Uh, but if I'm, you know, just watching dudes for my fantasy teams uh, and also to just see how guys have turned out over the years, uh, the Rockets. Oh, Boy, do I love watching the Houston Rockets. Uh, I love that Shangun is just like the craziest passer. Um, and he still can play a reasonable amount of defense. We've got Jabari Smith, who I followed uh, right before all of the draft hype started to happen. And I love seeing him just like hoist up threes. And he got a huge block on Giannis uh, the other day, last night, I guess. Uh, And then, of course, Jalen Green, who is like, to me, one of the most fun, like pure scorers to watch. He's just like so smooth with it. And he can he has this like beautiful fadeaway jumper that he doesn't always hit, but he gets so much height and it is like beautiful to watch uh and the team just is like so exciting to watch in their offensive sets like kevin porter jr is also a really kind of fun story of this guy that a lot of people wrote off he had a lot of like character issues early on that i think 
people were like, yeah, he's not going to be anything. And now he's really commanding some serious minutes in that offense. And yeah, watching them beat the Bucks was sick. Um, I loved it. I loved it. I, uh, I, I'm glad that you didn't pick uh, sort of like the, uh, I don't know, I guess I thought there was sort of an obvious team for this. And so I didn't pick them, but I, I totally agree with Houston. I feel like they're, they're very, very exciting and kind of, you know, obviously still not racking up wins, but they're, mm-hmm. they're very fun. I'm like, I've watched a lot of Houston games and I've enjoyed myself. Yeah, um, everybody can shoot the lights out too. Like they have guys that just mm-hmm. come off the bench, like Matthews, who always just torches the Raptors, or like Eric Gordon, who is old but he still has like a role in this offense and can and can bang with the best of them. He can sure make cowboy commercials. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> for cowboy night. Uh, cowboy salute to uh, oh, old, old Eric Gordon. <laughs> um, yeehaw, Gordon. Um, okay, uh, Katie, who's your most exciting team? Uh, this is tough. I mean, I thought it was going to be the Cavs, but recently a new contender has emerged, and it's the Pelicans. Okay, um, yes, I think this is a team. I thought. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons is what was mentioned earlier, but like Ingram playing on a real messed up toe. I like any opportunity for Zion to have like some level of comeuppance mm-hmm. and revenge against just like everybody talking shit on him all the time. Yes. Um, JV, what a darling. I was really worried for JV, honestly, when uh, he got traded away from Memphis because I thought he was such a good fit there and he like really seemed to be enjoying himself and they mm-hmm. really loved him. So I was kind of like, and at that point, it was like the Pelicans of, I was going to say of your, but I guess just like last season, <laughs> as recently as bad as last season. Um, and it just seemed very bleak vibes wise, but um, that's changed. So he's fitting in kind of in the same way, but he's also just like a really integral part of the team. So I love that. They're not just like posting them up classic big man style. Um, I love Larry Nance Jr., just like so much fun to watch. Also just like one of the kindest people you could ever talk to, you could ever hope to talk to. So I, I'm glad that he's doing well. I don't know. I just like, I think that is when we talk about franchises that are kind of like deserving of a little bit of a Cinderella run, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't even want to go so far to be like, will it last? Will it not? I feel like that just kind of zaps the joy right out of it to so just be able to enjoy it right now. And it's kind of immediacy uh, is what I love about it. So Keep having fun, pals. Keep, keep having fun, pals. Don't uh, show me the king cake baby, but keep having fun. <laughs> yeah, you keep the you keep the king cake baby um, Away. locked up, but put we, that thing back in hell. Yeah, you grease that thing up. Put <laughs> send it back, it back down, to hell. Send it back to hell. Um, my team, um, you know, yeah, I, I, I was definitely thinking the Pelicans, um, the Kings are a lot of fun. Uh, I'm, I'm digging. Jesus, I can't believe I forgot about the beam. The beam is silly, right? Like that's, no, I love the beam. That's doing it it for me. Um, (laughs) uh, so yeah, I'm going, I'm, I'm going the Kings. Uh, they, I think, uh, you know, I really like Sabonis. Um, uh, I, I, I kind of just like that. They are striving to break their streak of not being, uh, not being in the playoffs. Like, I feel like, you know, so much of the conversation is around, can you win the title or not? And I really enjoy these teams that have kind of like, I guess like B, C, D narratives. And, you know, the, we were talking about expectations earlier. Right. And I think expectations have a way of 
just, you know, really putting pressure on a situation. And you can tell certain teams don't have those, uh, you know, type of kind of pressured environments. Like uh, my, my back, my backup to my backup was the Pacers uh, for that reason as well. I think they're Mm -hmm. playing, they're just having fun and, uh, you know, it makes a big difference. It's, and it's, it's cool to watch. Uh, we'll obviously see what happens with the Pacers, but I think the Kings are gunning for it. Uh, I enjoy them. Um, I like, uh, you know, watching Fox play and, um, you know, Harrison Barnes being this like good role player guy is cool. Um, Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Another person. Uh, Red Velvet. Uh, Red Velvet. Whoa. <laughs> uh, I, didn't even, I, I never heard that nickname till right now. And it's a good one. Um, Red Velvet Cake. Is that a thing? Let's grease that yes. up. Uh, grease it up. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think that that about does it for the pod. Uh, I'm going to bring uh, Maddie back in here for our sign offs. But um, just as he's getting in here. Let me go to you first, Anthony. Uh, what's up? What do you want to tell people? Um, yeah, hit us with it. Okay. All right. I'll try to make it quick. Uh, season three of the podcast that I write for, it's a food and comedy podcast on the Sonar Network called Bites and Bits. It is back. We did a fun holiday uh, episode with Mark Little, alive from the new Second City location at One York Street here in Toronto. Um, that's going to be very, very great. Uh, our first episode just dropped with uh, amazing comedian Natalie Norman. We are eating chili and talking comedy and food. Uh, also, we're doing a year in review uh, podcast uh, for my wrestling podcast, Book It Vince, where we review the bingo card that we made last year and our big, bold predictions of wrestling and see what we got right and see what made us look like giant dumbasses. Uh And as I mentioned, the uh, new Second City location at One York Street, I am uh, currently understudying one of the holiday shows. But go see my incredibly talented cast. Um, They are so amazing. They're in uh, the Second City's Guide to Surviving the Holidays. And there's a main stage show and a touring company show that's happening every night. Go check out the new space. It is beautiful. That's all for me. Uh, amazing. I uh, just checked out the new space this Saturday. I saw the main stage show. It was amazing. Um, I yeah walked in there and felt um, it felt nice. It feels like, uh, you know, uh, one of those rare moments in comedy where you're like, oh, yeah, people do value us in society and we have a nice place. <laughs> this is cool. Um, it was it's great, great space. I was just like blown away. Um, but um, yeah, go. So go check out all the shows there for sure. One York. Um, I mean, you can watch a show and go to the Raptors game, probably, if that times mm. out. Um, Katie, what's up? What do you want to tell people about what's going on? Uh, as a writer, I do not have one of those spaces. Well, in you the deserve world that one. Makes me <laughs> valued. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Am I? No. Um, you can read <laughs> Basketball Feelings. Uh, You can listen to the Basketball Feelings podcast. I had uh, Raleigh Pemberton, a.k.a. Cadence Weapon, on the last episode. That's all at basketballfeelings.com. I will also say, specific to Raptors fans, I have have an interview with someone tomorrow. Uh, I hope it will cheer everyone up a little bit or at least like take their minds off if if your finger's on the panic button or not. But that will be uh, on time, I want to say, later this week. Let's say Thursday. That'll give me some pressure. Um, you can read it there. Uh, otherwise, I think that's it for now. Amazing. Um, thank you both so much for being on the podcast. You're incredible people, and I appreciate you. Um, 
Maddie, let's get greased. Maddie, let's get greased, man. Can you, can you let these, let, let's grease up ourselves, first of all, um, and let everyone know how, how to follow us, how to, you know, grease up trophies in their house and that sort of thing. Absolutely. Yes. First and foremost, this is an audio podcast. So if you're on YouTube and you like the two segments we put up, head over to the Rapcast on your favorite podcatcher, subscribe and rate, listen to the full episode. We really appreciate it. You can go to raptorsrepublic.com and let's not forget, the Raps paywall is up six bucks a month for those editorials. Podcasts are not affected, but the editorials are, and those guys deserve it. Oh my God, the course season, the percentages, and everything else—you you, got to pay for that kind of stuff. It's a lot of friggin' work, so give them some support, please. And it does come back to support us as well. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Next week will be our last podcast of twenty-two, and then we're taking a week off, and we'll see you in twenty-three. So. See you then. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I, I, I thought I thought that was like so grease up. Um, <laughs> uh, Maddie, thank you so much. You're amazing. Um, can't believe we're almost uh yeah, done twenty-two. Uh and again, thanks everyone for listening um and following and supporting. And um yeah, we'll see you for our last episode uh next week. Uh Maddie, if you feel like we're done and we're good to go and we're greased, please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast.